You are listening to Radio Free Nashville, 107.1 and 103.7 FM LP and streaming live at RadioFreeNashville.org. Welcome to the Veterans for Peace Radio Hour. My name is Jim Wolkenmuth, and I'm here via Zoom with co-hosts and veterans Tom Gross and Harvey Bennett. Veterans for Peace is an international organization of military veterans and allies whose collective efforts are to build a culture of peace by using our experiences and lifting our voices. For the causes of peace, humanity, equality, and justice, our network is comprised of over 140 chapters worldwide. Our radio show is on stations across the country. You can get a copy of the show by just going to our Facebook page. Just search Veterans for Peace Chapter 089. To find any of our shows, go to bit.ly slash VFP. Those are capital letters. Radio Hour. Those aren't. If you have a question for us, please send me a text at 703-403-6135. So the Veterans for Peace Radio Hour and Radio for Nashville are supported in part by the Green Party of Tennessee, bringing some common sense into the bipolar world of American politics. Go to greenpartyoftennessee.org. Happenings. If you have not already done so, you need to call your congressperson to say that the Supreme Court needs to wait until after the inauguration, that Trump needs to commit to a peaceful transfer of power if he loses, and after the tax revelations from the New York Times that the House of Representatives needs to initiate impeachment based on Trump's possible violation of the Emoluments Clause. Okay, with that. Today's show is just three of us, Tom, Harvey, and Jim, talking about the Supreme Court, GOP hypocrisy, and what to expect after the election. Harvey is a Catholic, so we will start with Harvey. So, you know, I've watched a couple of things on CNN about um, the issue of, you know, her, her faith should that be raised is that fair game and all that and you know to me that's a red herring sure <clears throat> um, I think we already kind of have dealt with that I mean we've got a bunch of Catholics already on the court so <laughs> what are they talking about you know in my view probably too many <laughs> too many Catholics on the court yeah. so, and and just yeah. to make sure the audience knows Harvey, what church do you attend? <laughs> well, right now, uh, you know, it's all live stream, but I've uh, I've been a baptized Catholic since 1983. Okay. Uh, my wife is, was born and raised, but uh, anyway. <clears throat> um, so. So you're you're actually me. providing a perspective. From the belly of the beast, so to speak. Well, <laughs> you know, there's, it's just uh, in the church. There's, there's just a, such a huge range of how people see the church and and how they think that needs to be that faith should be lived out, <clears throat> um, and. You know, abortion. The abortion issue is is something that you that is covered under sort of Catholic moral theology. It's based on the theological understanding of the soul and uh, when when a fertilized. <laughs> egg becomes a person and on, these are theological uh, arguments and as such I don't see how they can fairly be <clears throat> imposed on people who have different theology or no theology <laughs> so so that's uh, the abortion issue but to me the the more relevant uh, issue in terms of looking at someone as a Catholic is is Catholic social teaching, mm -hmm. which has been primarily developed since the Industrial Revolution. <clears throat> there have been aspects of it, you know, and, and much of it uh, is kind of a reflection of the Enlightenment in terms of the notion of social equality, brotherhood, uh, 
uh, <clears throat> freedom, uh, meaning human dignity for people to uh, <clears throat> have agency in their own lives. But solidarity is the foundational principle for all Catholic social teaching, solidarity. And most people have don't really think a lot about what solidarity means. They think of it more as a slogan that they hear or something that unions yell. <clears throat> but solidarity essentially, and I wrote this down, <clears throat> but it is essentially the basic principle that <clears throat> um, calls on every person to recognize the dignity and worth of each and every person and recognizing their bond with their fellow human beings just because they are fellow human beings <clears throat> and the necessity for one's life to reflect actions and, and ways of living that advance the common good for all people. Yeah. That's the notion of solidarity. That's the notion. And that comes from the, the Catholic notion of solidarity. <laughs> that's, that's how they use it. That's how they define solidarity. Okay. And that's a fun undermined principle that they use to evaluate different things. All right. Like labor rights. Yeah. Uh, it is, it was an actual papal encyclical around the turn of the century, uh, establishing <clears throat> the dignity of work. Then all human labor uh, has dignity. Now, which century, just to be sure? 2000? 20th century, 20th century. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it basically stated that, that human beings have a fundamental right to meaningful work, <clears throat> that, uh, that uh, is, it embodies dignity, respect for them, that is safe, that is meaningful, that is uh, wherein they are treated respectfully and that, uh, that they are paid a fair wage for their work. And that all workers have a fundamental right to, <clears throat> to uh, collective bargaining with other workers to advance their own interests. And you're so, talking about Catholic philosophy. This is Catholic social teaching. This is a, an encyclical. Social. This is pretty high yeah. up. Yeah. You know, Catholics and, are obligated to honor that. <clears throat> well, what's going to happen when... Uh, even the Catholics comes, on the Supreme Court. Right. Uh, so, you know, there will be, uh, you know, there have been, and I'm sure there will be issues that come to the court around unions and the right of workers to organize. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So I think if they wanted to ask questions to, to uh, Amy Coney Barrett, one of those senators ought to ask about that as a Catholic. Okay. Now, while we're talking <laughs> about encyclicals and Catholic social philosophy, what is there, what's the encyclical with regard to capitalism? Or is that the one? Is that the closest one? <clears throat> well, that is, I mean, they they have a fundamental economic justice teaching social teaching that is that economies must be <clears throat> evaluated based on how they serve human needs not on uh, not on the generation of profits for a few so that's another question for amy <laughs> well, you know that to evaluate economic systems based on um, meeting the social needs of the people. Well, Pope Francis is encyclical on the, on the environment, which is fairly recent. Adato C states that global capitalism uh, is destructive of our planet <clears throat> and that we must, <clears throat> you know, that we must find a different way of organizing uh, the world economy that doesn't uh, 
produce so much harm for, for the planet and for so many people. Okay. All right. So these are all so those could those are things that could be part of issues that come before the court. Yeah. Now, do we expect Amy um, <laughs> Coney Barrett to actually abide by the overall? I think what they would. They, I think that what they would have to do is is uh, kind of be snarky about it because she wouldn't respond directly, but they'd just say, you know, we understand. You know, as a Catholic, we understand that that. Uh, and, you know, being a Catholic involves, uh, you know, living a life according to the social teachings of your church, which include the right of workers to organize and unionize. <laughs> Just see how she reacts to that. <laughs> yeah. Or that racism is a persistent and systemic evil in this country, even though the Attorney General denies that there is systemic racism, and he also happens to call himself a Catholic. So. <laughs> uh, this is difficult, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, because we want her to separate church from state, but it sounds like if she actually incorporated her church's teachings, she might be okay if she <laughs> actually did that. Or do we think she's just going to pick and choose? She's going to cherry pick those items that meet the uh, the GOP mantra? Well, um, I think she's probably, like a lot of Catholics, sincere in her, in her understanding of the faith, even though to me it's a extremely truncated and, and narrow-minded version of it. <laughs> Uh, I mean, the other things that they have, that the Council of Bishops has taken firm positions on is immigrants, the right of immigrants to be treated with dignity and respect. Uh, capital punishment is, is an evil. Uh, that uh, safe, decent, safe and affordable housing is a fundamental human right. One cannot, uh, cannot have any opportunity to fulfill their potential if they aren't secure in their physical environment and in their physical bodies, which means they have a right to health care. Right. Now, this, this, is, this is words and edicts and encyclicals coming from the Vatican, right? <clears throat> some of them are from the Vatican. Some of them are, are not as, as uh, high up the chain, but they're still uh, mm -hmm. teachings teachings of the church that are well established over all right so <clears throat> by by right she should be if 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 she's understanding and sincere about i would just say teachings. as a as a as a uh, i would just say as a uh, faithful catholic we respect that uh can we assume then that you accept the catholic social teaching that that homelessness and uh and uh, is a sin and that decent, safe and affordable housing is a fundamental human right as taught by the church. You need to go <laughs> what would she say? To, to DC. You need to you need to go up there, Harvey. You need yeah. to um, um, environmental justice, yeah, same thing. Sure. Um, and there's also a statement from the from uh, a statement from the Vatican on George Floyd that that his death was a direct result of systemic racism. Okay. And that uh, in terms of uh, reactions to his death, that righteous outrage is a normal human response. Righteous outrage. Okay. Mm -hmm. That means... Um, Sometimes people might break something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and because Sometimes people might break something. Sometimes people might burn something, but it doesn't really equate to the murder of someone. No. <clears throat> and if we are honest and look at our own nation's history, a lot of things okay. got broken and burned. <laughs> That's along the way. You know, protesting the British uh, rule. Exactly. Exactly. In well, fact, a, lot of, a lot of people got tarred and feathered, which is a lot worse. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So 
let's talk but let's talk about abortion where is abortion where's the um, where's the uh, abortion referenced in the new testament um as far as or in new testament old testament whatever as far as being um prohibited oh i don't i don't think uh there's any specific language in the new or old testament i mean there's stuff like choose life you know <clears throat> but the word there is choose that implies you have a choice yeah <laughs> so, yeah. so, so uh, there's really no place there's really no place even if there were why would people who for whom the new and old testament are not scripture are not their holy work holy books yeah. or why are they bound by it good point so all <laughs> the jewish people all the muslims uh, and um uh and and, and buddhists and um and those etc they would they would not be bound by it so why in the world is um where where is the legal support for being anti-abortion what what's what's oh roe what's v wade. yeah roe v wade for being anti yeah the yeah legal issue would be i mean under the constitution you would have to reverse that the Roe v. Wade decision, mm -hmm. and that's what they want her to do. That's right. That's right. So, so Which where do you basically? Yeah. So this is gonna all go, this is all gonna play out, and McConnell's gonna get a vote, and she's gonna be put on the court. Um, I think the bigger issue, even uh, beyond the abortion issue, is uh, Affordable Care Act. Even though it's a it's a weak act, it's something. Yeah, it's something. It, it guarantees people that they can't be turned down for a pre-existing condition or priced out of the market for it. That's right. So, and so how course, do you square that with Catholic social teaching, or even even the morality that underscores uh, that you know <clears throat> uh, taking the life of a blastocyst is is unthinkable, but allowing someone to die because they have a pre-existing condition is just, you know, that's the way the market works. Yeah. How? <laughs> so is that? How do you reconcile it, those two views? Yeah, that's. So I was <laughs> going to ask you the same question. You beat me to it. So, so the teachings of the, the teachings of the Catholic Church, hold sway as long as they don't get in get in the way of market-driven forces. There you go. All right. <clears throat> and, you know, and that to me has, you know, that has a big impact on how it's taught. I mean, if you go to mass and you hear, you know, the homilies that go along with all the readings where the priest, you know, <clears throat> speaks on the ideas raised in the homilies and they're supposed to be made relatable to the people who are listening. <clears throat> but what they feel they can say without cutting off the donation stream to the church. <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. That has a lot to do with it. Okay. What? <laughs> so, you, oh my goodness. So we've got to be careful what we say so we don't cut off the donations. <laughs> there you go. So uh, it's a lot like the politicians, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, all right. So and, and the other issue is contraception, which you know was a big issue with the Affordable Care Act. The Little yeah. Sisters of the Poor didn't want to have to, you know, pay for their employees' contraceptive methods because they don't need contraception. So why should their employees, right? <laughs> uh, uh, it, it's a it's a mess. So. It's going to be six three on the court, um, and there's been a couple of things that have been bounced around, but it would take the Democrats to actually um, uh, grow a backbone to make them come to pass. Um, I mean, the, the you know just to slow the whole process down 
uh, Nancy files uh, files impeachment and it and then sends it to the Senate and slow it down. But she's not going to do that. Um, so just for the sake of being hopeful, um, Biden wins and the Democrats win the Senate. We have a six-three Supreme Court, and we have a six-three Supreme Court. <clears throat> do, you, do you just say, okay, we're going to add four more slots to the Supreme Court? Well, I don't know. I mean, they could technically do that, but uh, it might be easier to just, if they have a majority in the House and a majority in the Senate, the easiest thing to do would be to get rid of the filibuster and legislate. <laughs> oh, wait a second. So that not everything's going to the damn court. <laughs> right. I mean, the court has taken the place of legislation. Yeah. Because the senators and, and representatives don't want to be held accountable for a vote that the, their voters might not like. <clears throat> so they just, they just pass everything on to the Supreme Court. All right. So, but... So you you would recommend and you would tell your um, tell the listeners to co make calls to their legislators and actually tell them to legislate. Uh, that's what they're paid to do. That's what they're paid to do. But Harvey, can you tell that I'm not real optimistic? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just don't. I don't see it. I don't. Well, I think I don't, I don't see it with this crew of Democrat Democrats. I don't either. I think you know the best hope would be for progressives to really get get some of the same uh, discipline and the same willingness to to uh, take on the power structure that the Tea Party did. Yeah, they were successful. Yeah, because they showed that they were willing to shut it all down. Right. <laughs> I mean, pretty scary, but if, if you don't show that you're willing to carry out what you're threatening to do, nobody's going to just cave. <laughs> you know? No, that's right. And <clears throat> they've got enough, you know, they've had enough uh, incumbents uh, taken down <clears throat> by progressives. And they don't have the numbers to move votes, but they have the example that they can point to and they can use that a lot of that to influence how their peers are going to vote on an issue they yeah say, go the wrong way you will be primaried that's right and <clears throat> and nancy can't say a damn thing about it <laughs> she's already you know back yeah. joe kennedy of all people <laughs> oh i know good lord so that's their that's the leverage they have yeah and they'll have of course. to be very aggressive about it yeah, of course, to, to actually make the change and save the country, there's going to have to be a whole lot of primarying going on in 2022. That's right. Um, there are only I mean, 12 Democratic senators up in 2022. Yeah. That's not a lot. Not a lot. But there, on the other hand, there's 24 Republican senators up who could get taken down by a progressive Democratic nominee. Yeah, well, that's that's thoughtful. That's hopeful. So, all right. So the other thing that I wanted to get your viewpoint on was reaction to Trump saying um, that uh, he's not fully supportive of a peaceful transition unless he wins <laughs> and then and then and then what what happens i mean at that point then i would think we're dependent on the military to remove him from office are you confident in the military and my understanding is it wouldn't be the military it would be the sergeant at arms or the yeah or the uh congressional and house uh force 
four, whatever they are. Whatever, yeah, okay. All right, <clears throat> so if they say that happens, Trump doesn't want to leave. And you've got all these guys with their AK AR-15s or right. in the White House and the Capitol. So is that when the military, it, it, you know, I guess my question is, <clears throat> will the military support Trump or will the military follow the constitution? Because if Trump, if Trump can call out the military to, to respond to, um, to efforts to remove him, uh, He's the commander in chief, right? He is. Right. <laughs> well, I don't know. I read some stuff on that the other day. <clears throat> how members of the Joint Chiefs are are you know going through uh, scenarios and how they can stay out of it because they you know they, they all think it would be catastrophic <laughs> for them right. to be in the military in the middle of that. <clears throat> and they said the strongest position. It was taken by anyone was the uh, chief of the Air Force, who happens to be a black guy. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, the others, you know, expressed their strong uh, uh, <clears throat> strong really condemnation of such an idea, but they didn't go so far as to say they'd resign. Well, you know, what if they resign, what's to stop Trump from just naming somebody else who will go along with them? <laughs> exactly. You know, they can't resign. They shouldn't resign. They should stick it, stick in there. If they've got a half a sense of the Constitution, they've got to stay. Because like you said, if they resign, Trump will be more than happy uh -huh. to find some junior officers <laughs> who are looking for a quick fix to get on this huge <laughs> stage um, to come in and and say, yeah, we we will support we will support keeping Trump in office. Um, so where where do you think that's going? <laughs> I don't know any more than anybody else knows on that. Right. All right. And then the other thing what should veterans for peace be well, saying right now exactly and i i've mentioned this to joey that veterans for peace had come out with a statement and i hope he brings it up and um come out with a statement and put it on a flyer and if um there are coffee houses or or um businesses around bases to make sure this flyer gets to as many enlisted people as possible to outline just exactly their responsibility. Stand down, yeah. Yeah, and you know. You do that, not have to follow an unlawful order. Exactly. And uh, keeping Trump in office or defending Trump in office after he's been defeated by the people would be an unlawful order. <clears throat> so I hope he brings that up. I hope we we do that because then if we could create a flyer, then we could just get road trips and we could just go to bases. <laughs> road trips. And we could just go, we could get I think it's all about it's all about digital these days. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, military times, what's it cost to run an ad in there, you know? Oh yeah. <clears throat> oh, that'd be a great that's, idea. That's widely read. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be a, that would be a really good, that would be better than flyers at coffee houses. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just numbing what's going on. So in South Carolina, um, well, are you registered in South Carolina or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've been doing phone banks for Jamie. He was just saying he, there was a poll that showed him up two points. So I don't know which poll it is. And this is Jamie <laughs> Harrison running against 
Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham, <laughs> of course. Of and course. He, I, I have a good feeling about this guy. And he's running a pretty smart campaign. All right. He's, he's, uh, he's really, there was a lot of trash coming out against Lindsey Graham, but I think a lot of that was not his campaign. It was more uh, either Lincoln Project or, you know, these kind of trash groups, the trashing Republicans. But he is really focused on, you know, what his priorities are, his vision. He literally was a, you know, born and dirt poor, you know, single mom, bunch of sibs, and just ended up uh, being, a, you know, a great student and was raised by his grandmother. Uh, was, uh, <clears throat> hey, Tom. Uh, hey, Tom. Uh, was, uh, ended up uh, getting a scholarship to Yale, ended up going to Georgetown Law. Uh, I mean, just a brilliant guy, but coming back to, you know, to his home and, and really doing, working on local issues. And so he's, he's got some really good ads out. And, Very good. Uh, I, I'm Very hopeful. Good. I'm hopeful good. for him. I'm here by like 6%. Okay. That's, on. <laughs> that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay, so it's close in South Carolina, and uh, so you're hopeful. Are you going to vote early, Harvey? I submitted an application for a mail-in ballot over a month ago, and I haven't received it. Yeah. There is a, an opportunity to uh, absentee in person close to here, so we're going to do that. Okay. It good. starts October 19th, I think. <clears throat> wow, that's late. It is late, but <clears throat> anyway, up until recently, that you had to go to St. George. <clears throat> and this is a huge county we live in. It's like 40 miles to go to <laughs> do absentee in person. So now this is only a couple of miles down the road. Okay. All no right. Idea. So you're going to go absentee. And Tom is on the show now. So Tom, are you going to go absentee? No, I'm going to do my usual early voting. So that will be October 14th over on 2nd Avenue there. Yeah. All right. And, I, uh, I, I hope that, uh, well, I, I don't care how long the line is, but I, I went over there for the August uh, voter, and it was the first day, and it was like 8 in the morning. And it, the line was a little longer than usual, even for that rather minor election so we'll see yeah well i've gotten my paper ballot and i have uh submitted it i've already filled it out and it is in the mail and um so i've given the post office plenty of time uh to so now you can vote twice <laughs> well you, that's, you know that's what trump that's what trump um, is recommending, is recommending. Have you been in touch with, uh, with our two, your two senators about the, uh, Supreme Court issue? I have. I called Blackburn's office and I called Blackburn's, I couldn't get through to DC, so I called the one in Knoxville and the lady argued, argued with me. Really? <laughs> because I pointed out the hypocrisy of, uh, forcing forcing a nominee through now when they couldn't, uh, couldn't do, couldn't address a nominee in within the last year, nine months of yeah. the Obama. And yeah. she said, well, it's completely different. It's completely different. And I, you know, I kind of laughed and I said, well, okay, how? And she said, well, that was a, uh, that was a president when there was a Senate that was part of the other party. This is now where there's a president who's in the same party as the Senate. And I, I said, that is your justification. That is your justification for changing things up. Are you sure, are you sure it wasn't just that Obama was a Democrat and he was a black guy? And she said, oh, 
race had nothing to do with it. And I, so I just <laughs> said, come on. And so we, we, we went around, we went around. Oh, the, the next bit. time they do this, it's going to be because the, the moon was waxing and the sun came up. Right. I mean, because what I wanted, I wanted um, Blackburn's office to just uh, reflect on the hypocrisy of it. And no, they. Why they, would they, they do won't. that? Oh, I know. I mean, why would they I mean, start to worry about hypocrisy now? Yeah, exactly. no, this is this is water over the dam. Yeah. For them. Yeah. All they care about is uh, one their districts and that they can you know gerrymander to the cows come in and. And then the second thing they care about is their donor base. So they're just like the Catholic Church, worrying about their donors. Right, Harvey? <laughs> Harvey just said that before you got on, Tom, <laughs> that you got to well, be careful what you say because it hurts the donors. Well, it's because, you know, all the, uh, you know, so many Catholics are single issue voters on the abortion issue. And, uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm talking about Catholic social teaching, which is really how people are supposed to be living. And uh, I say it's the average Catholic who goes to mass once a week. If you asked them what Catholic social teaching was, they'd look at you like you were speaking another language. They don't even know there's such a thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah, well, you know, William is Barr is a Catholic also. I know, yeah, that's one. Yeah. So what? What does that have to do with the Sermon on the Mount? Yeah, right. Or, uh, or you know, he's, William Barr said there's no systemic racism. And the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops has specifically denounced the U.S. as, as you know, being uh, literally saturated in systemic racism. So he obviously picks on uh, Jesus like most people. Yeah, I'm going to send some emails and basically talk about what they're going to be facing next year after they get their butts kicked. Now, what do you think they're going to be facing, um, Tom? Because well, we kind of we kind of went around. Harvey and I. My speculation went is that uh, there is some advantage maybe to the ACA going bye bye. Then we could just push through universal health care. Okay. Assuming we have House and Senate and we get rid of the filibuster. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I think the gloves are off now. You know, it's not. It better be. Yeah, this is, there's no gentlemen left in Congress <laughs> or, or gentle ladies. Don't, don't tell that to Biden. You'd really hurt his feelings. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> going to have to bend and he knows it. He's, yeah. a, he's already bent quite a bit compared to where he was a year ago. So, so I just want to, I, I just want to clarify that for me, because you're the hopeful one, but you're saying there's no gentleman and the gloves are off. So you're saying that if the Democrats make a sweep, keep the house, get the Senate and the president, that they will actually grow backbones and legislate. Well, it's either that, or I think we're going to have, four years of protest yeah now they've responded <laughs> i so say this if if we didn't have the covid thing i would say well who knows but i just think considering where people's lives are at this point how so many people are on the brink of disaster than ever before during an election campaign i think that's just going to be gasoline on the fire so, so you're optimistic that the you Democrats mean, by, are actually... You mean, by that, you mean the Supreme Court? Well, the, I mean everything. It's, it's, well, you know, I don't know how many people get engaged in the Supreme Court thing. Obviously, women are much more engaged in some of that because they have to fight for their health care rights now. But Biden is really framing it as an attack on the Affordable Care Act. Yeah, and then you know why they did that because that's how they won in twenty eighteen. Yeah, I think that's smart. That's, that's smart. Yeah, yeah, I do too. You you know it's a lot smarter than defunding the police. Yeah, 
Not that I wouldn't defund the police, but the phrase has been a disaster. Well, Trump, I mean, Biden has never agreed to defund the police. So. Yeah, I know. But my point is you can't pick a phrase out that's supposedly a rallying cry and have 80% of the country opposed to it. I, you know, or let me put it this way. The phrase itself can be twisted so easily to, to be a false narrative. That's well, just a bad slogan. A lot of people say the same thing about Black Lives Matter. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. disagree. I mean, yeah, it might be, it, it, it could have been worded better, I guess, you know, when people are looking at what's going on with the police and they, they say, well, what do we do? And somebody just says, we got to defund them. We just got to defund them. We got to take the money away and we got to put it where it will actually make a difference. And so that's where it happened. I mean, it didn't go through Grammarly or, uh, you know, an editor and say, um, you know, it, it. so, yeah, I can well, understand where you're coming from, but. Um, part of my point is, is the other side is, is spending six figures on a bunch of people individually who tell them what words to use. Yeah. And if we, if we aren't going to engage in that kind of stuff, then we're going to a gunfight, you know, with a stick. Yeah. Well, defund the police was not a strategy that somebody came up with. That was, uh, that was in that the was street. Just a gut level reaction on the street. Yeah, yeah but but it got picked up, and, and no one made of an course. attempt to redefine it properly. Well, that's why they picked it up because they knew it would play like that. So. The yeah. media is always going to pick up the thing that's going to be the most Well, that's my point. You have to be two, two steps ahead of your, you know, fake news people. Yeah. 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 But, you know, the left is always doing, the left is always just out and about with truth and what we need to do. And, um, and I'll, I'll, like Harvey mentioned before, about um, Black Panther, I'm not Black Panther, but uh, Black Lives Matter. But all, but I was wanted to harken back to the Black Panther Party. And mm -hmm. that, you know, that just scared, that just scared the heck out of white people. Yeah. And so there was the, you know, they were vilified. And what did they, what, what did, what were they responsible for? Helping neighborhoods. Yeah, children, breakfast for children. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for that matter, they, they were the alternative to the, the, the municipal administrations in the neighborhoods. Right. So and they to some good. degree, the alternative yeah. to, to the uh, police brutality. And their platform basically is the platform that, uh, you know, mainstream uh, Democrats, especially you know, congressional black caucus and all that stuff already, you know, adopt. Sure. But the problem but, was know, they called them Black Lives. I mean, Black Panther, Black Panther Party. Maybe they should have decided, well, we're going to call ourselves the community kittens and we're going to wear pastel. And, you know, <laughs> rather than, rather than. Uh, yeah, I, I think they were way too angry to do that, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, no, you know, we can, I was angry at the time too. See, and, but, <laughs> but that it's that anger that comes up with these phrases that are yeah. then picked up and used to scare white people. <sighs> but, you know, I, I think some white of white people don't need anything to scare them. They, yeah. that's just in their DNA. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, just have that's, that's been they part of the Jim angst. Crow uh, politics forever. Right. So now, I, I, speaking about scaring white people, I saw a movie night before last called The 24th. You familiar with The 24th? No. The 24th is a movie about um, the 24th, and I, I, I was Navy, so I don't know how these Army organizations work. 
but the 24th was a battalion or a regiment or one of those things that were in training in 1917 to go into World War I outside of Houston. And of course, it's a black battalion. Yeah. It's a black battalion or a black regiment. And of course, it's in Houston. And whenever the guys leave post and, you know, go into town, whatever, they face Jim Crow. Whenever they are even on the base, on, on, in their fort, in their, wherever they're housed, and there's white contractors, they face this abuse. And it's re relentless. And the, to get to the bottom line is at one point during this relentless abuse, um, a civilian, a black civilian man is killed. And one of the black troopers is beaten up and the word is that he has been killed and that the white population has actually decided they're coming to the, uh, the post with guns. And so what the, with that, the, uh, the black troops break into the armory, the sergeant, the, the head sergeant breaks into the army, armory and arms them. Yeah. Arms them. Yeah. And they march into town. They march in formation into town and start shooting white people. <laughs> start start shooting. They start with the they start with the law enforcement, but a number of white citizens are killed. And um, the you know, to get to the end of the story, the the whole command, the whole troop is put on trial uh, for court-martial. And one of them has been, the youngest has been gotten to and said, and just told, listen, if you don't start pointing some people out as far as who are the ringleaders, then the whole battalion is gonna be hung. And that means you too. And so he points them out. And so the, uh, the verdict is that some 13 of these men from the battalion uh, are hung, are just hung, and the rest are put in um, hard labor for the rest of their lives. So it's like 13 hung, 41, um, put on hard labor for the rest of their lives. And I'd never heard of this. I'd heard about the Tulsa incidences where, of course, Tulsa is famous with regard to burning down Black Wall Street, but also Tulsa was famous for killing World War I veterans, Black veterans coming back. Yeah, um, who didn't want, they had their guns with them. Yeah, so, <laughs> You know, but this is this is a true story, and they even yeah. showed a picture That's, of the. Where'd you see it? Um, either Netflix or Amazon, one of those. You know, and you just you can just you can just. Um, it's called Twenty Four. The Twenty Fourth. Twenty Fourth. Oh. The Twenty Fourth, and um, mm -hmm. it's a it's a story that uh, I'd never known, uh, but it, um, it it said that it was the largest murder trial uh, in the United States ever. Mm -hmm. And so, well, that makes sense. Yeah, it almost sounds like something that would have happened in Nazi Germany. Yeah, seriously. But, you know, <clears throat> this is what happens when, I mean, the black troopers, <clears throat> of course, it didn't condone it. Well, but, the Nazis came over and studied Jim Crow when they were sure, setting up yeah. their systems and no wonder well, it sounds like Nazi things. Germany. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they so. studied they studied our approach to uh, 
all kinds of racial politics and yeah. uh, uh, euthanasia of people who were mm -hmm. not the mm -hmm. right kind. Yeah. Well, but you know, the, what I left with the movie with, and it's very sad, of course, uh, that how far do you push people before they crack? How far do you push people before they actually say enough is enough and we're going to take up guns and we're just going to slaughter indiscriminately? I mean, well, you know, that's some of what happened in those black communities you mentioned across the South. There were, sure. I don't know if there wasn't, a, there must have been almost every major Southern town had that type of, uh, you know, uh, a story erupts that may or may not have any truth to it. And pretty soon it becomes uh, the ember that creates the mob and uh, a black community is literally wiped out. That's right. And in this case, and in this case, 13, 13 black soldiers and 41 others, 13 are hung and 41 are sentenced to hard labor. And you do have a number, a number in the teens of white people uh, killed indiscriminately. They did target some of the law enforcement and some of the people that had been harassing them. That's for sure. But you know, you just wonder how. How no, much? All these things are like uh, moments of crystal knock. Yeah, exactly. So, I did read that. Uh, Gun ownership among blacks is increasing leaps and bounds. Black okay. Saying, you know, police aren't going to protect us. No. Yeah. I, I mean, I believe it. I, I've <laughs> talked to a lot of black folks in the last couple of months and they're yeah. frightened. Yeah. yeah. And you talk to them as part of the census, right, Tom? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, and um, uh, I'm frightened, not really. I'm old enough not to, not to really care, but I'm frightened for my young friends. Yeah. And because we just had a rally last night. Um, it was a small rally, but it was a rally to remember Breonna Taylor. And, you know, they, they would march. And one of the weapons that the, um, the white supremacists are using now is ramming with cars. That's right. So, you know, that's something you just got to be looking for. And, you know, right. I told one of my friends, I said, um, you're here. You're part of the march. You're part of the rally. You don't have to pay attention to anything else but your safety, meaning always watching the windows, the roofs, and the cars. Just watch. You don't have to listen to speakers. You don't have to participate mm -hmm. in chants. Other people are going to be doing that. You just watch windows roofs and cars and just make sure you and your friends stay safe at this point. Well, I, I'm concerned about my grandson. If you get the posting, go to online to uh, Post and Courier, Charleston. Yeah. Paper. He's all over the paper today. <clears throat> he's been, oh my goodness. He's been pretty much leading demonstrations in downtown Charleston the last three nights. And he's, he's been getting, uh, my daughter Nora has been <clears throat> seeing him on all these uh, crazy right-wing uh, Facebook, <clears throat> uh, you know, and, and uh, <clears throat> threatening him and, uh, you know, calling all these demonstrations mobs and rioters and, you know, they're totally peaceful. But the Charleston Police Department comes out in riot gear and with military vehicles and all this crap. <clears throat> so... so is it danger? Are you participating? Or are you trying to go down there? With I don't go to those things at night. We went. He had a. He does. They do a lot of social service things today. They had a. Yeah. Several of these clothing drives. In this really poor neighborhood, and we went over to that today. Good. And he he had so many volunteers. He's just got this tremendous ability to get people involved. Good for him. Good for him. They had twenty five kids there working to hand out clothes and yeah and uh, you know i mean what could be more you know benign than that they all got masks on and all that a cop car pulls up what's and, a cop car have to do with this you know 
Right. He's trying to tell them. So Elijah goes over to him because he's sort of the leader. And an older guy goes with him. And uh, I went over there to try to hear what he was saying. He's trying to say that some woman <clears throat> called and complained that they were having a protest. And he was checking yeah. out. <clears throat> and uh, it was obvious what they were doing. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> well, he had a Black Lives Matter flag, but <clears throat> they were going to put it up. But it's on church property, and they couldn't, the church didn't want that. So they didn't have it displayed or anything. Yeah. Yeah. But they have these face masks that said, I can't breathe, or, you know, justice for Biona. Yeah. But at least they had face masks. I mean, the stupid cop didn't even have a face mask. He's the only one who didn't have a face mask. <laughs> well, emphasis He's on, on the phone with his, you know, bosses talking about. Yeah. Emphasis on stupid. So what are we going to do for a song to finish up the show? How about some Bob Marley? Okay. We have yeah, a, that's a, that's I don't a think one. we've ever played Bar, Bob Marley on the show. I heard oh. a great Bob Marley song. I went to a Sam Bush concert at Maggie Valley outdoor concert last week. And uh, wow, I, Tom, I don't know if you're a big Sam Bush fan, but uh, I am. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. uh, not played, a lot. I you played a great Bob Marley song. Right. Song is Redemption. Redemption. God uh, knows. Oh, cool. <clears throat> All right. So off to redemption. Yeah. And have a nice week, everybody. Old yeah. pirates, yes, they rabbi. Sold I to the merchant ships. Minutes after they took I from the bottomless pits. But my hand was made strong By the end of the Almighty We forward in this generation Triumphantly Won't you help to sing These songs of freedom Cause all I ever have Redemption songs Redemption songs Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery None but ourselves can free our minds Have no fear for atomic energy Cause none of them can stop the time How long shall they kill our prophets? While we stand aside and look Some say it's just a part of it We've got to fulfill the book Won't you help to sing These songs of freedom Cause all I ever have Redemption songs Redemption songs Redemption songs Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery None but ourselves can free our mind Oh, have no fear for atomic energy Cause none of them can stop at the time How long shall they kill our prophets While we stand aside and look Yes, some say it's just a part of it We've got to fulfill the book won't you help to sing These songs of freedom Is all I ever had Redemption songs All I ever had Redemption songs These songs of freedom
songs of freedom. <laughs> 